Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Journey, the Righteous Branch, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 31st, 2019. Uh, chapter 23 in this book. And so as you do that, I, I want to start our time off this morning with kind of a big word. It's, it's a word that, that we use often. Uh, we don't always live by it, but it is a word that we know well. You know, we teach it, uh, we preach it to our children, uh, we expect it from them, and we expect it of them. Um, and many times we'll complain that others uh, don't own it or apply it to their own lives. Uh, but what's interesting is, as the church, as the body of Christ, uh, it's a word that, that we don't really want to take ownership of ourselves, for ourselves. And this word is just, it's simply responsibility. Uh, we use it often, don't we? And we tell our kids they need to be responsible. We, we tell others that they need to take responsibility. But it's something personal that usually we don't uh, take responsibility for ourselves. We don't usually own that word ourselves as individuals. You know, I've heard often people use this word. And, and unfortunately, it's usually tell others that it's not, it doesn't belong to them. You know, it's not their responsibility. That's not my role. That's somebody else's burden to bear, someone else's responsibility. And sadly enough, in our culture today, this word is something that, that is lacking in our culture. And just so you know, young people, it's, just, it's not just you. It it's, goes across the board. It's us adults too. We, we lack um, the heart or the understanding of how important this word is in our lives. And it's a word that we use often. Well, Webster's defines this word as a particular burden of obligation upon one who is responsible. The responsibilities of authority. I want to ask you this morning, have you ever asked yourself, what is my responsibility? Is there a particular burden or obligation that has been bestowed upon you? Is there something that you feel like God has given you the responsibility of or over in this life? You know, for, for many of us as parents, we, we feel responsible for our children, right? We, we feel the obligation and the burden to raise them and raise them well, even against a, a culture or a society that, that pushes against the things that we're trying to teach our children. Uh, but for many of us, we, we don't realize that, that not only with our children do we have a responsibility, but we have a responsibility to one another as Christians, as, as brothers and sisters in Christ. We bear the burden to help each other and to lead each other and point each other to Jesus. See, we see here in this chapter that uh, Jeremiah has given, been given this huge obligation, this huge burden he was to do things with God to ensure that the people would come back to God and he was to help a fallen nation be restored to the God that created them, a God that chose them and has called them by name. Well, I want to offer you this morning that as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is your responsibility too. So you are to take what you have been given to bring people to faith in God. See, your purpose is to know him and to make him known. But I want us to be careful this morning as we look at this passage because I, I don't want us to confuse the purpose with the means. 
See, as believers, we've all been given something. We've all been given the same burden, the same expectation. See, the only difference that, that, that is, is, is there in the mix of that burden is the means or the gift that we use. And I think a lot of time that, that's what kind of causes us not to take responsibility because we confuse the burden that, that we've been given or the responsibility that we've been given with the means that we've been given. I'll give you an example. Um, many don't have a lot to offer in regards to financial you know, many, many in our community live in, in poverty or, or below the poverty line, but that doesn't take away the responsibility or the burden to fulfill your call as a Christian. You know, some of us may not feel as we are, are, are as smart as others. We may not have a, a knowledge or, or an understanding of some of the, the big words that are used in society and even the definition of, of big words. This morning we were out in the foyer talking and, uh, and I used a big word and I had two guys look at me and say, that's the wrong word. That doesn't mean what you're saying. And of course I was right. <laughs> Just kidding. Picking on the guys and they don't even know it. But sometimes we, we don't take on the responsibility because we don't think we're smart enough or we don't think we're big enough or we don't think we're something enough. So we confuse the responsibility with the means. But, but the Bible is very clear that there are a variety of gifts. There is a, a plethora of means. There are, are, are many that are given the wisdom and understanding. There are many that are given the abundance of finances. There are many that are given the, the abundance of, of compassion and care and a heart to serve. Yet they see others that are, are maybe better. Like Jason said, we compare ourselves to, to people and we say, well, I'm not that good or I'm not that smart or I don't have enough. So that's not my responsibility. But what God says here in this passage this morning, I, I hope it'll change your mind and it'll help us to better understand what, what we are responsible for, no matter what our means are. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 12. It'll be up on the screen here. It's in your notes. 1 Corinthians 12 clarifies this for us. It says in verse 5 and 6, And there are a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers, encircle that, empowers them all in everyone. See, your abilities, though different, are just as important as the person sitting next to you. See, the only question that we have to do or what we have to ask is, will I take responsibility for the burden or the obligation that God has placed in my life and use my abilities, my means, the things that I've been given to bring glory to God? That's the question that is in front of us this morning as we read this passage. Well, let's pray together and then we'll read in Jeremiah chapter 23. Father God, we come into your presence in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this morning, this new day. Father, you've given us life. You've given us opportunity. You've given each and every one of us a very specific gift, a talent, an ability Father, some, some may have less and some may have more, but all of us share the burden, the obligation to know you and to make you known. So this morning, Father, as we read this passage, as we hear your words, as you speak to us, 
Father, I pray that you would remind us not only of what we've been given, Father, but how we are to use it. The responsibility that we've been given to share the hope of Jesus Christ with the world around us. Father, as Jeff prayed earlier, we stand with him, Father, that you would open our hearts. Father, that you would tune our ears so that we may see the wonders of your word and that we may treasure it like silver and that we may hold it close to our hearts. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your love for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, in Jeremiah chapter 23, I'd like to go through verses 1 through 8 this morning. Starting in verse 1. It says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people. You have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they shall no longer say, as the Lord lives who brought up the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives who brought up and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the north country and out of all the countries where he had driven them, then they shall dwell in their own land. See, we see here in the first couple of verses, God addresses the leaders of the people the shepherds, the pastors. He reminds them of their responsibility to feed the people. See, a pastor, a shepherd, translates just to simply someone who feeds. He helps the sheep to feed. And he holds them accountable for not doing so. See, we we see here in the first couple of verses that, that you and I are responsible to help feed. Again, he says, woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds, and this is an important part here, concerning the shepherds who care for my people. You have scattered my flock and have driven them away and you have attended to them. Behold, I will tend to you for your evil deeds declares the Lord. You might be asking yourself or thinking to yourself, well, hey, wait a second, Floyd. That's not my responsibility. See, God's talking to those that that are pastors. He's talking to you, Floyd. Well, you're right. He is. He's he's talking to me. See, I, I have a responsibility that God has bestowed upon me, a burden to share, a burden to share and help you as the congregation, as the sheep, as God's people, To feed, to feed and have nourishment and find nourishment in God's word. 
See, I understand that. And I'll tell you this morning, as God is my witness, I take that seriously. I, I bear that burden in a way that, that, that drives me and pushes me to draw near to God, to trust and be more dependent on God. But the question that I have for you is, do you see yourself as a shepherd? Do you see yourself as the person that God is talking to you? Because I'll tell you right now, every person in this room is a shepherd. Young and old, every person in this room has been entrusted with something so precious, so great, and so amazing. And your responsibility is to share that with the sheep, with the people that God loves and cares for. And he reminds us, he says, woe to us that mislead or misguide those that God has entrusted to us. See, as a parent, your responsibility is your children. Your responsibility is to lead them towards Jesus, to point them to our Father in heaven and help them to have a faith of their own. See, even as a pastor, I can't give you my faith. I can't make you come to faith. Though, though I'd like to. As, as a father, I can't make my kids have a faith. But I can lead them and help them to feed. I can move them towards the word of God and point them to Jesus and help them to find nourishment in the word of God. But the question is, how are we being shepherds? How are we leading those that God has entrusted to us? See, it's important to note that the primary calling of a pastor or shepherd is to help feed the people. See, our, our call and our, our primary concern is to help feed those that are entrusted to us. If you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going we're gonna to rest there for a little bit on some of these points, but I, I want you to see what, what the writer of Ephesians is saying here. He's helping us to understand the responsibility of, of those that God has gifted and entrusted with certain specific things. And in verses 11 and 12, he says, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Now, if you look at verse 12, he says, each and every one of us has been given a gift to do something very specific to equip the saints. Ask yourself, who are the saints? To equip the saints for what? For the work of the ministry. And it's to build up the body of Christ. It's to strengthen the body of Christ. See, we've been all, all been entrusted. We've all been given a, a responsibility, but we see here that we all have different gifts. And he names a few. But, but I believe and I trust and I know that there are many more gifts. There are things that you have been given, abilities, talents, whatever you want to call them, that you've been entrusted with, and it's to help equip, to feed the sheep, to equip the saints. Each one has been given so that each one can help. See, it's important for us to know that when we do our part, 
God is glorified, isn't he? God is glorified. When, when people watch our lives, when they see the fruit that we bear, they'll either say the world is glorified or they'll say God is glorified. They'll either not see the difference or they'll note the difference. But when they note the difference, when they see the difference, when they see God glorified, those are the moments when in their minds, God's spirit starts to stir them and they wonder, what is this? What, what makes the difference? We see this happen in Acts, Acts chapter 2, when, when the disciples all of a sudden become these bold and courageous men and, and they start proclaiming the good news of the gospel. They start saying, repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. Come and follow as I follow after him. See, they don't just come and follow because the words that are being said, but because of the lives that are being lived. See, these disciples, they understand their responsibility. And you and I need to understand in our responsibility, it's important for us to do this. And this is how the body is lifted up. This is how the body is being built. We should be kingdom mindset, have kingdom mindsets. Excuse me, I didn't say that right, did I? Kingdom mindsets. It's not just about, about building soul real church. It's not about creating a big holy huddle, but it's about building God's kingdom. And there'll be times when we share and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ and people come and they hang out and they come and they're a part of our family. But there'll be other times when they give their lives to Jesus and they'll find a family elsewhere. And that's okay. See, because the important part is that we help them feed. We help them find nourishment in God's word. Again, in Ephesians 4, he continues in verses 15 and 16. He says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. From whom the whole body, every one of us, is joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly. Did you grab that? By every joint which is equipped, equipping the saints, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. See, you are responsible to feed God's people. When the body of Christ understands what their role is in God's master plan, when we seek to grow in our own faith, we will carry this burden with a peace and an understanding that it's all part of God's plan to restore us and to restore those around us. This is why you and I should know that we are responsible for our own faith. See, when we understand that, that we are responsible to feed others, that makes us become better. That makes us want to grow deeper in our faith. At least it should, right? Because I can't lead somebody where I haven't gone before. You know, yesterday, I had to, to go to uh, someone in our church's house and I was going to take someone with me and I had been to this house a couple of times before, but I really didn't know how to get there. <laughs> 
And I just kind of thought of that for myself. And when, when it goes into my own kind of spiritual walk and my own spiritual life is that I can't take someone somewhere. I know where I want to go. I know what I want to do and what I want to be, but I can't take them there until I've gone there myself, until I have an understanding of how to get there. See, that's why you are responsible for your own faith. That's why God has given us a burden to share. In verses 5 and 6 of Jeremiah 23, Jeremiah says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Verse 6, In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. See, here's the declaration of the coming Messiah. The king, the leader, the shepherd that the people were waiting for. Jeremiah declares the coming Messiah. He proclaims that that one day there will come someone who will deal wisely, a king who will execute justice and righteousness in the land. See, Jeremiah has encountered the living God. Jeremiah is in dialogue and has been called by the living God. He's experienced something. He's gone somewhere that these people have yet to go. And he's helping them to get there. He's understanding that by his own faith, as he goes on this journey, as he trusts God in every way, he is better capable to lead them. And then he proclaims this righteous branch, the coming Messiah. And he says, look, one day a king will come and he will deal wisely with us. He'll execute justice and he'll bring righteousness into the land. He will separate the, the wheat from the chaff. See, Jesus, the Messiah, has come. We'll celebrate that fact here in just a few weeks. We'll celebrate not only his life and the things that he modeled for us and how he led us and how he's guided us on this journey, but we'll celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of the living God, you and I. But until you and I understand that, until you and I have moved towards our own faith, that Sunday will just be another Sunday. It'll just be another Sunday where people come and they check off a box and say, hey, I've done this, I've gone there, this is good enough for me. And I think the variable behind that is because as a people, we have not taken responsibility for what God has given us. We're not bearing the burden of this obligation that God has bestowed upon you and I. I heard a pastor say one time, and he said it a little condescending, but he wanted to make a point. He says, you can lead them to the Bible, but you can't make them read it. Is that true? He's right, we can't. But we have to understand, we have a part to play. 
Our, our part is to point them to Jesus, right? To point each other to Jesus. You know, it's the, the funny little term that Pastor Floyd has put together. You know, uh, find your, own your faith, find your place, and then help others to do the same. See, there's, there's three parts to that. And I, I don't own every part, but, you know, we, we own our faith. We, we help others and their responsibility in that, and we guide them, we shepherd them to their own faith. And then God does his job. He interacts with them. It becomes a personal, intimate relationship. And they grow together with God. And God grows them up in a way that he uses them and he can help others do the same. See, the point here is that responsibility is placed on each and every one of us. We all have a burden to bear. And we do it with a purpose. God has a point in all of this. If you look back at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, it says, We do this until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried above, about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So you own your faith, find your place, and you help others do the same. See, if we don't take responsibility for our own faith, we will never know what the truth is, much less know who the truth is. See, this is your burden to bear. It's your first and most important priority. And this is why Jesus responds to the people when he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. (laughs) Excuse me. Got a runny nose there for some reason. <laughs> See, this passage in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40, is the reminder of the responsibility that we've been given through faith in Jesus Christ. See, he came to show us what it means to be faithful, and he died to take the burden of sin and death from you and I, from us. He is the righteous branch that has come, and he is coming again. He's coming again for his people. See, and our response to this is to know him and make him known, to help feed the sheep of his flock and grow in our faith. I want to ask you this morning, will you take on this responsibility? Will you take this responsibility seriously and honor God? Or will we just pass the buck and pretend that it belongs to somebody else? See, God says, woe to you, dads. Woe to you, moms. Woe to you, elders, those that have been entrusted to lead my sheep, to care for my sheep. Woe to you if you mislead them. Well, as we close, I want to give us a couple of ways we can be responsible on this journey.
It's a journey of faith. It's a journey that we all must partake in. It's a journey that we all must move out in faith, not knowing what tomorrow might bring, but we have to trust and believe that God is at work and he is going to ordain the moments for us. He's going to put us in positions and allow us to be a part of some very special moments. If we look at verse 16 in Jeremiah chapter 23, it says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak in visions of their own, not from the mouth of the Lord. See, what he's saying here is, he's saying, trust God on this journey. Believe in God on this journey. Don't trust man. They're going to tell you a whole lot of stuff. They're going to mislead you in some ways. But trust God, get to know God, open up his word, read it, study it, apply it to your life. See, it's a journey of faith. We have to trust and believe. And if we don't do this, we'll never be able to make known the God that we profess if we don't know him for ourselves. Then in verse four of Jeremiah 23, he says this, He says, I will set shepherds over them who will care for them and they shall fear no more nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. I I believe what God is saying to us right here. He's saying, Floyd, if you don't do it, I'll find somebody else. If you're not willing to honor me and glorify me with the things that I've I've given you, then, then I'll find somebody else. Woe to you, shepherds. He says, I will set shepherds over them who will care for them so that they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall any be missing, declares the Lord. He's telling us, use what we have been given to help care for others. Take what you have been given and allow God to use it for the good of his people. Every one of us has something to give. We all have something to offer. The choice is ours. We can either hoard it for ourselves or we can share it with one another. It's up to us. I want to close with a couple of last verses here in Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 1 through 3. Paul says it like this. He says, Therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you, to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. I want to pause right there as he says that. He urges us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling. And I want to offer you this morning the best way to do it, or one of the best ways. You may find another one between you and God. But I want to encourage you, the best way to honor and walk in worthy of this calling is just to simply take responsibility for it. To bear the burden that God has bestowed upon you. To which you have been called, verse two, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Well, as we close this morning, I, I want to offer you the branch. I want to offer you Jesus. Because we'll never take responsibility until we accept and receive this free gift that God has offered us. 
And that's this love that he has that he's been given us and he's shown us through his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible teaches us that God so loved the world and where world is, you can put your name. God so loved Floyd that he gave his only begotten son so that if Floyd would believe in him, he would not perish but have eternal life. Have you received, have you accepted this free gift, this righteous branch that has been extended to every person that God has created, that's been extended to you? See, we'll never take responsibility until we take ownership of our faith, until we move towards a deeper, more intimate love for Jesus Christ. And that begins by accepting his love, allowing God to love you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? I want to pray for us this morning. Because I believe that, that the responsibility, the burden that we have as the church is something that we should share together as the church. I, I believe it's something that, that God has created and offered to us to do together in community and, and serving not only with each other, but serving one another. And so with your, with, your heads clo- with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, I want to I pray for us this morning as the body of Christ. Father, we come before you. We come into your presence in the precious holy name of Jesus Christ. Father, Jesus bared a burden for us. The weight of sin was, was poured out upon him on that cross. And he, bear, he bore that burden for me, for every person in this room. That blood that was shed, the body that was broken, was done on behalf of us, for each and every person. Father, Jesus took on that responsibility because none of us could. You gave your son for us. You sacrificed him on our behalf. And this morning, Father, we want to acknowledge that. And we want to give thanks for that, Father. We want to praise you and lift our hands and our hearts to you because of that, because of the love that was offered and given to each and every one of us. It is because of your grace that we are here this morning. It is because of your grace that we get to bear this burden together. Father, so we say thank you. We give you praise. We exalt you and we worship you for your love. Father, we want to love you back. We want to honor you and glorify you with everything that you've given us. So Father, as we bow before you, we open our hands to you. Father, we open them and we we create this posture with our hands open, knowing that, that you give, Father, but also you take away. And Father, today, if you're giving, we receive. Father, today, if if you're taking away, if you're helping us to see that that we need to give so that others may have, Father, we, we open our hands freely, we open our hearts freely to you, and we cry out with praise, and we rejoice in all that you're doing, Father. And all that you are. We thank you for this journey of faith that you've brought us on. Father, we lift our hands to you and we worship you. We praise you. 
And we pray as the body of Christ. We pray as, as a people, as shepherds, as, as people that you've called and created to follow you. Father, that we would honor you and glorify you in every way. Not only in word, Father, but in deed also. Lord, you are God. You are holy and you are righteous. And we worship you as such. We ask these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792 8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com At Soul we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love and to be a voice of hope to our community We invite you to go with us on this journey